0: There's a scripture that has just been going around in my mind now for a few weeks. And that's Psalm 127. If you want to turn there with me. Psalm 127, verses 1 and 2. And the scripture says, Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord builds the house... It's builders, the guys doing the work, the people doing the work, labor in vain. It means it's useless, it's worth nothing. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late. Toiling for food to eat. And it's basically saying, because for God grants sleep to those he loves. You see, we can do just about anything that we put our minds to. God has given us ability. He's given us a mind to think, to reason. And yet, of all the things that we do, we can build our own kingdoms all for naught, as they would say. For nothing. We could, we could have all the wealth of Donald Trump, even the comb-over hairdo. <laughs> okay? We could have all these things, and yet, if God is not the builder of them, It's not going to last. It's only for a time. It's only for a time. It's only a matter of time till all the things that we have built with our hands come to ruin. If God, however, is in the center of it, if He is our firm foundation, then everything that we build brings glory to Him, blesses other people, blesses us, and it's got a foundation. You may recall the the Scripture and the story that talks about the man who built his house on the sand. We've talked about this, haven't we? And, you know, when I think of a house on the sand, I think of, Maybe this like little Gilligan's Island sort of hut, you know, and thatched roof and bamboo sides and what, whatnot. And on the sand and how the water is just, you know, and the beach sort of atmosphere. And he's got the, maybe the pina colada with the little umbrellas in it. <laughs> Not that we would ever drink those, of course. But you, you, you follow my uh, My mirage. All right, so this guy, he's got a beautiful house. He's built that on the sand, you know. And pretty soon, the storm comes up. How many of you have ever been someplace near the water, or maybe even on the water, and a storm comes up? They come up like that. They come up fast and heavy. And pretty soon, you're caught in it. I remember one time, it was on our honeymoon. Jody and I were up at Black Lake. Some of you remember, uh, we called him Grandpa Clarence, Clarence Everett's uh, place up there. And uh, he had this little, t- eight, what, eight-foot boat or something, with a little five-horse motor on it. And we took this thing out there, and I was 20 years old. Jody was 18 years old. First time we've ever been anywhere. Okay? And so we take this boat out on the lake, you know, and we're down at one end and just having a great old time. All of a sudden, this storm whips up. And we couldn't get home. The wind was blowing so hard that we couldn't get home with that little five horse motor. (laughs) You know, it just didn't have it to get us home. And so we're on the water, the waves are kicking up, the wind's blowing. It's starting to rain, thunder and lightning, and here we are in this little eight-foot boat. The motor quits, I must tell you. The motor quit. We were scared. We were scared. And here I am. I'm 20 years old. I can't even take care of myself, let alone somebody else, my beautiful wife. And I'm thinking, what in the world am I going to do? Well, we, we prayed and that motor ended up starting and it let up enough for us to get home. Thank God. Praise God. you know. But those storms, man, they just whip up like lightning, pun intended. And then they pass, hopefully just as fast. Well, the storm in this guy's story whips up and the winds begin to blow. And it blows those waves and the waves start crashing into the shore farther and farther. And pretty soon it reaches... That guy's house, and it hits that house, and it just levels it. And it's, the Bible says that that house fell with a mighty what? Mighty crash. It just fell. It's demolished. Because his house was built not on a firm foundation, but on shifting sand. How many of you know when you're in the water, and the waves come up, and you're standing there, if you don't re-establish yourself, the sand just moves from underneath your feet. Okay? And it's, it, it's hard to stand up. If you don't re-center yourself, you will fall. Because what's under your feet is shifting. And then there was another man that took <clears throat> and built a house on a firm foundation. You know what... A, the difference between a house that's on a shaky foundation or shifting sand, if you will, and a house that's built on a firm foundation, that house that's built on a firm foundation can go anywhere. You can put that thing anywhere. If it's on a firm foundation, it will stand. And so many of the builders today will, will dig what's called a footer. they dig down, what, four feet or so? I'm no expert, but they dig down four feet or so, and they'll fill that with cement. So it goes down below the frost line, and it's strong, and then they'll let that set for a matter of days until that sets up, and it's strong, and it's firm. And then, once that is established, they build the rest of it on top of that. And that gives that strong, firm foundation. Amen? Amen. And whatever is built on that foundation will stand. And the higher up and the more weight that has to go on that foundation, the farther down they got to dig. The big city buildings, they go down quite a ways. Well, this man built his house on the firm foundation. And then another storm came up. And the winds began to blow and the storm just raged. And those waves began to crash against that house. You may remember the three little pigs. Great story. Makes me wonder if they stole that from the Bible. And the big bad wolf come to blow it all down. Right? That big old bad wolf, he's going to huff and he's going to puff and blow their house down. Well, the storm raged and the winds blew and and the waves, they crashed against that house. But that house stood no matter how hard the storm raged or how hard the waves crashed against that house or no matter how hard that big old bad wolf was blowing on it. This house was going to stand because of that firm foundation. You with me? Bill's always right on the ball. <laughs> oh, man, I remember watching that cartoon. <clears throat> Hallelujah. And so the firm foundation we know to be our rock, our fortress, our defense, as the Bible calls it, the Lord our God, the Lord Almighty, Jehovah, the I Am. Hallelujah. And in our lives, there are going to be some storms, friends. And they're going to come, and they may just cut your legs right out from under you. They may just kick you right in the gut and cause you to to wobble. But if your lives are built (laughs) on that firm foundation, on the rock of our salvation, as the song says, it doesn't matter what comes in your lives. Because you will stand. Why? Because of the great things that you've done? No way. No way. Because of the one that stands beside you. That is the reason you will stand. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Nothing. And if God is for you, who can be against you? does that build confidence in you? Sometimes words hit our ears and they're like, okay, yeah, well, that makes sense, you know. But until you've been there, until the storm has happened in your life, until that sand has been trying to take your legs out, until you've been kicked in the gut a number of times and beaten up, it's only really right here. But when you're going through the storm and God carries you, carries you through that storm, then you know why. Because you've experienced the greatness of your God in your own life. It's not, I'm not just talking I'm not just talking about stuff that I've heard about. I know. Because I was there. Amen. And in the midst of the storm, my soul cried out. Tossed at sea like a ship, lost until all at once on the water, I hear you shout. And I'm saved. You spoke to those waves. still you may remember how Jesus had told the disciples get in a boat go across the lake I'm going to meet you on the other side you go ahead start now so they get in the boat and they go out and they're to the middle of the lake and what happens the storm comes out of nowhere And they're afraid they're going to lose their lives because of this storm. And they're being tossed about. And they're fearing for their lives. And while they were whining and crying and fearful, they end up seeing this figure some sort of figure coming to them on the water. And they're like, what? What is that? What is that? Guys, guys, look, you see that? What is that? And what did they say? It's a ghost! It's a ghost! We're done for. If not the sea being bad enough, there's a ghost coming to us on the water. And then Jesus calls out to them don't worry it's, it's just me <laughs> Peter says Lord if it's you tell me to come to you on the water what does Jesus say come on I, I can just picture I mean it doesn't say this but can you imagine Jesus maybe just stopped you know so, okay Let's see. Come on. Peter gets down out of that boat. And he begins to walk on the water heading where? To Jesus. And he's walking on the water and those waves began to crash against Peter. And he took his eyes off of the Lord and looked at the waves. Can you imagine (laughs) being on the water and then You're walking on the water. I can't imagine that anyways. Okay? And then the storm, the, the waves crash against Peter and he just, down he goes. He goes down. And he cries out to the Lord, save me. Jesus reaches, come on, Peter, you were doing great. Where's your faith? Where's your faith? Another time. Those disciples were in that boat Same thing happens. What is it about these storms? You think God was trying to speak something to you and I hundreds and even thousands of years later? That the storms in our lives will come. They will happen guaranteed. But the thing that your house is built upon will be the deciding factor of whether or not you are going to come through that storm. And so Jesus was asleep in this boat. The disciples are rowing and the storm comes up and it's, it's fixing to capsize this boat. They're going to go over. And they're screaming to each other, do this, do that, let's, let's throw stuff overboard. We're going to... And then they go, Wait, where's, where's Jesus at? Where'd he go? Well, I, think he's, I think he's sleeping. Well, go get him. And they go, Jesus, Jesus, don't you, don't you fear that, don't you care that we're going to die here? Don't you care that we're going to die? Oh, you of little faith. Do you really think If your trust is in me, that I'm going to allow something to overtake you. Because that's their thinking. And sometimes we think that way. Even though our hope is in the Lord, sometimes we wonder Lord, are you seeing what I'm going through right now? Are you feeling my pain? I'm scared to death. The things that I once held as strong in my life are being just torn apart. Don't you care? And what did Jesus do? He gets up and he stands, he stands in the bow, excuse me, he stands in the bow of that boat. Can you picture this? And he speaks to the waves. Be quiet. That's right. That's Be still. Peace. And the waves yep, they did. just became still. Yep. And the storm was over. Yep. The storm will come to an end. Mm-hmm. Friends. But unless the Lord builds your house, the builder's labor in vain, unless your foundation is on the God above all gods, the King of kings and the Lord of lords himself, it could all crumble in an instant. Friends, don't put your hope in the the stock market don't put your hope in the government though both of these things can be really really good and beneficial and they're necessary and don't put your hope in things other than the lord your god don't bet your marriage on your ability to communicate don't bet the welfare of your family on your ability to provide. There was a time in my life when I was young and I was strong. I had a great job, I loved it. I was working at Pepsi. Most of you know this story. And then my back got so bad that I couldn't work anymore. And I needed surgery, several surgeries. And pretty soon, I was on disability. And I ended up on disability for 15 years because I could not work. My ability to provide for my family was stripped from me. My family, other people had to do for me. Maybe some of you have experienced that. That's a really humbling thing. And so my hope shifted from me being young and strong and me having a good job to, God, I need you right now. I need you. I need you to provide for me. And for a long time, we were forced, in a sense, to eat out of God's hands. Do you follow what I'm saying? as if you were feeding the birds, okay? And you put a bunch of seed in your hands and you hold it out like this. And birds would come and they'd take little pieces, what they need. Same way. We were eating out of God's hands, literally. He was providing for us. Don't bet that your business will succeed just because of you've cornered the market, if you will, or you're exceptional at what you do. Because all of it can crumble in the twinkling of an eye. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. America once thought it valuable to keep our nation built upon the firm foundation. If you go back and you read the documents, the first documents our nation ever wrote, you read them, you think they wrote it in church. Literally. History now is not taught in that same way. It's almost like they're trying to write that right out of it. But these founding fathers, they knew where their hope was. And when you have that hope, there's a confidence in you that you become this roaring lion that is ready. I think about the wars that have been in our past. And the people that fought these wars believed in what they were fighting for. Of course, there are some who didn't, but as a whole, I would say they believed in what they were fighting for. Think of when we were fighting for our independence. We just celebrated the 4th of July. Independence from tyranny. Forced to worship a certain way. The church of the state, if you will. We wanted something different. We wanted something real. And we were willing to fight for it. We wanted a chance to have our own business, to work hard and receive the efforts, the rewards of our labor. Things look a lot different today. It's only been a few hundred years you realize that? It hasn't been that long. If God's not in it, then we're no different than the heathens. Think about it. If God's not in it, we are no different than the, the other nations who don't believe in God. And our foundation Cracked. Amen. Proverbs 3 verses 5 through 6. Would you turn there with me? You probably know this scripture. One of my most favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. Chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. What does that mean to acknowledge God? What does that mean? In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. So there's like an if-then statement, right? If we acknowledge God in everything that we do, he will then direct our paths. So acknowledging I, I would say very simply to include God. Include God in all your ways and all your goings and comings and all your doings and buildings and all these things. Involve God in all of your decisions. Would you say that's a fair statement? In clarification Include God in all that you do. Seek Him. And He will direct your paths. The scripture in Matthew. I think it's 633. Right around there. Seek first, what? The kingdom of God and His what? And all these what? Will be added unto you. All these things. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. What? What things? What things? The things that we're striving for, the things that we're building, the things that we're worrying about, the things that we're praying about. All these things will be added unto us if we first seek Him. Seek Him first. I just want to read a a little bit here. Quote. This man says, When Solomon resolved to build a house for the Lord, the temple, matters were very different. For all things united unto God, united under God to aid him in his great undertaking. Alright, now this, this temple is massive, massive, and extremely expensive. Okay? Now remember, David wanted to build this temple for God, right? <clears throat> but God said, No, your son will do it. Okay, so it says when Solomon resolved to build a house for the Lord, matters were very different for all things united under God to aid him in his great undertaking. Friends, if we are united under God, then all things are at our disposal to accomplish what God wants to accomplish. Do you hear that? Even the heathen, he says, were at his beck and call that he might erect a temple for the Lord his God. You see, when we have God at the center of it, he puts even things that don't belong to us at our disposal to bring glory and honor to him. God is looking to display himself in our lives. In our lives. You you can't mean me. Yes, I do mean you. God wants to use you to mirror who he is to other people. Great houses have been, been erected by ambitious men, but like the baseless fabric of a vision, they passed away. And scarce a stone remains to tell where once they stood. How many buildings, how many massive things have been built in hundreds of years, past thousands of years? There's nothing to show of them to this day. Sometimes little pieces of them we'll find. <clears throat> Psalm 127 goes on to talk about the guards on the wall watching the city They would set these guards walking back and forth so they could see for a long, long way off if an intruder, an enemy, was coming to cause harm. And they would yell out or blow a trumpet of some sort and alert everyone. They're very, very important. This man says, Even if the guards are wakeful and do their duty, still the place may be surprised if God not be there. In quotes, I, the Lord, do keep it is better than an army of sleepless guards. Note that the psalmist does not bid the builder to cease from laboring. Important part of this picture that we're painting. Nor does he suggest that watchmen should neglect their duty nor that men should show their trust in God by doing nothing. Nothing. Alright? So he's saying just because we trust in God doesn't mean that we should just sit on our hands and do nothing, right? No. God expects us to do all that we can and praying at the same time. I think of Nehemiah when he wanted to rebuild that wall. What did he do? He kept a trowel in one hand and what in another? A sword. He'd made the preparations. He was ready to fight if necessary. People were causing trouble. He supposes that they will do all that they can do, and then he forbids their fixing their trust in what they have done. Don't put your trust in what you have done, but in God. And assures them that all creature effort will be in vain unless the Creator puts forth His power to render second causes effectual. Cromwell said this statement, trust in God and keep your powder dry. Trust in God and keep your powder dry. And I don't mean Johnson's baby powder. Right? He's talking gunpowder. Trust in God, but be ready. Be ready, yeah? Yeah? I'll read this one more thing. Of every church and every system of religious thought, this is equally true. Unless the Lord is in it and is honored by it, the whole structure must sooner or later fall in hopeless ruin. Much can be done by man. He can both labor and watch, but without the Lord, he has accomplished nothing. And his wakefulness has not warded off evil. No matter how good we are, how strong we are, how great our faith is, how great our skills are, if God's not in it, it could fall at any second. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Friends, let the Lord build your house. Let the Lord build what He is birthing in your mind and in your spirit. You follow me? God will, if we're seeking Him, will oftentimes challenge us to do certain things. And that, I mean, that can just completely run the spectrum of of services and callings. But He will put it in your heart... And then we need to trust Him to bring it to pass. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. Would you stand with me and close this morning? We're just going to close with a prayer here. I hope that what God is speaking today impacts you. I hope that you take it home with you. I, I pray that you tuck it away in your heart. I pray that you think about it. I pray that you chew on it. Right? Bible says to taste and see that I am good. As if we were trying a meal for the first time. We would take a small bite and say, oh, that's pretty good. I think I'll have more. Or we'll say, man, I don't like that. I don't want to I ain't going to take any more of that. Taste and see that I am good. Taste and see that God is good. Put your trust in Him. Put your faith in Him. Let Him lead you. Let Him guide you. I heard a man say one time, and he said, dream big enough that unless God... Intervenes, there's no way possible it will succeed. Dream big enough that unless God intervenes, there's no way it's going to succeed. Let's close. Lord Jesus, we just come before you today. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for your grace, and your mercy. We thank you for your inclusive love that doesn't keep us on the outside because of our unrighteousness, oh God, but that you have welcomed us into your grace because of that unconditional, agape sort of love. Help us, oh Lord. Help us in the storms of our lives, whether they be physical, emotional, emotional, Who knows what else? Financial. Help us, O Lord, to put our trust in you and to let you build our house. Forgive us, Lord, when we doubt. Help us, God, to believe and to trust in you. And may we reflect who you are to other people be with us now Lord as we go return to our homes and our workplaces and wherever that may take us Lord Jesus we pray to keep us safe bring us back together again here in this place and we pray Lord we ask for your blessings upon this church we ask for your blessings upon the saints across the world our missionaries oh Lord we lift them up to you this day Provide for their every need, O oh God. Give them strength. Protect them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.